Welcome back. It's been a while. Yeah, hey man, how's it going? It's, uh... it's been seven months, eight months since our last episode. Well, welcome yeah. back to Stratford and Chat. My name is Chris. My name is Max. Well, this is definitely not how I imagined the summer transfer window ending, but mm-hmm. we have a lot to unpack. Yep. Um, I believe we were supposed to record this podcast after yesterday's match against Spurs, but obviously, as we all know, I don't think any of us were in the mood to talk right after that. Yeah, I'll be honest. It but, was uh, after 30 minutes of that, I, uh, I just, you know, it was better for my mental health to probably step away, step away and shut the TV off because, uh, man, that was, that was something. Yeah, and unfortunately for us, we still had to endure today's transfer deadline day and boy did Woodward the Glazers and the board they never failed to cease um, to disappoint us and we just have to we're gonna have to vent quite a bit today yeah but let's just go over the signings today sure yeah so I guess uh, I guess we can start with maybe the uh, the brightest light or the most hopeful signing which I guess we can agree it's probably um, Edison Cavani, so um, X, X now, PSG striker, um, the Uruguayan, um, El, El Matador, as, as they call him, um, 33 years of age. So there's, I've, seen, I've seen a mixed reaction on this transfer. It's a lot of, a lot of negative, mostly because of you know, the whole Jaden Sancho scenario and, and uh, the shambles of, of, of our transfer window, but... Also some positive because you kind of have to look at it um, as this is, yes, he's 33 years old, but he's still a proven goal scorer and he's done it at the highest level. So there's still there's still some intrigue there for me. I'm optimistic about Cavani. What about you, Chris? Listen, I don't hate the signing. It's just the context and the timing that isn't the greatest. Yeah. Obviously, had Cavani been signed earlier this month or even two months prior to this, I'd be pretty happy. And I, I know, I, I realize supporters can feel a little bit miffed because we're spending wages about $9 million a year, probably including agent fees as well, right, for an aging striker. But if you consider the fact that Igalo is leaving this January, most likely, mm-hmm. right? And with Martial also being suspended for about three matches, yeah. I suppose, yeah. right? After Which that red card. we can talk about, honestly, too, because I kind of want to yeah. rant about that one, too. <laughs> I, I don't hate the signing. And I think with the experience coming in, I think Marcus, Anthony, and Mason could all learn a thing or two from Edison. I've heard... He's a pretty, he's an excellent professional. He sets a great example. I, I just watched Rio Ferdinand's video mm-hmm. and um, I, I think he's pretty excited about Cavani. Yeah. Right. But then again, this begs the question, like, does this address our biggest concerns and areas of um, that, that we need to improve yeah. on? And, and the answer to that is, is yeah. no. Um, we clearly, uh, <laughs> we clearly didn't address those things. I think, I think a lot of us were hoping for, um, uh, another center back because, and after this weekend's game, 
there's a lot of uh, <laughs> uncertainty uh, uh, in in that position. Um, but also a winger. And did we did we get wingers? Yes, we did. Um, was it the winger that we wanted? No. Um, so you know, it's it it is kind of a shame how the transfer window um, ended for us. And it was just this really dragged out scenario with um, Jaden Sancho. And I think that that that's this, that negative sentiment around the club has been, has been compounded really by, by our defeat against Spurs. And, um, (laughs) and unfortunately, whatever signing we would have made at the end of the transfer window today would have, you know, been seen negatively because at the end of the day, you know, these, these weren't necessarily our first choice players. Uh, that's pretty clear. Um, you know, like Cavani was definitely, I think Cavani was offered to a couple of clubs early on in the window. Um, Cause you know, he was mm-hmm. kind of a, kind of a free agent. Um, I'm not too sure what, what his contract situation was with, um, with, um, with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but I know that, you know, his, his contract was up and he, and he didn't resign. Was there some drama there between him and him and Neymar? Was that why he decided to let the contract run out? I w- I'm, I, I'm honestly not too sure what happened there. Those are rumors that I've heard, yes. But then again, how does Cavani walk into that team, that front three, right? With Neymar, Mbappe, and then you'd have Icardi, mm-hmm. right, as mm-hmm. well. Um, I, I, I think, I believe he was also injured last year, and that didn't help. Yeah. But it, it sounds like he's motivated. <laughs> And he wants to play for us. I mean, obviously, it's great timing that we're playing PSG in the group stages um, in about less than a few weeks, I suppose. Uh-huh. Right? But, yeah. I Overall, I, I, a letter grade, what would you give it? This signing specifically? Um, yeah. Uh, that's a tough one, honestly. Um, I'm on the fence about it. Um, and I can either go the optimistic route or maybe the more pessimistic one. And, uh, you know what, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with optimistic. I'll say, I'll say B plus, which is pretty, it's pretty good rating. <laughs> Honestly. I'm going to say a B minus, but with the potential to go to a B plus or a minus. That's my yeah. sentiment. It really depends. I, I know everyone is very angry um, even he got that. He got the number seven. Did he? Is is is, so, is that confirmed that he got that shirt? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's crazy. Um, you know that meme about when you ask your mom, "Mom, can we get a number seven? And <laughs> <laughs> number seven at home. It's actually Edison Cavani. But listen, I, he he could. I I we're coming into this with low expectations, and I really really hope that he he succeeds. Man United, and I think it honestly more striker depth to rest Marcus to rest Anthony. Not right. Not the worst yeah, it's before. definitely it's definitely an upgrade from Igalo. I think we can agree on that. Um, yes, yeah. his wages are pretty expensive. Um, was it two hundred thousand pounds a week? That's uh, that's pretty. Yeah. You know, we're paying him as if he is a world class top striker. You know, at the top of his game. So expectations aren't necessarily low. I would say. I think that we expect him to perform at a really high level at those kind of wages. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I, I guess we could say that we're cautiously optimistic about Edison Cavani because 
to, I mean, he, he's been, he's been out of the game now for, for a while, for, for months, right? He, like, I don't think, I don't know when his last game was, um, but it's, it's been a while. And um, I mean, he, he looks fit. He, he looks, you know, like, you know, he's been posting all these training videos and, and things like that. So um, hopefully he's, he's ready to go, but definitely, uh, definitely an upgrade over Igalo. And, and yeah, it's good timing because, you know, Martial being out three games, we definitely need someone up front. I'm hoping more of an Ibrahimovic than a Falcao. Yeah, and uh, that's like that's also my hope. <laughs> that's also a reaction that I've been getting from fans is that um, this reminds people of of Falcao. So let's hope that's not the case. Uh, let's hope uh, he does better than than um, El Tigre. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Him. I'm sure he'll start in a, in about two weeks' time. So uh, moving on, I think we should talk about Alex Teas. Yeah, I think they is. Yeah, uh, from Porto, from Porto, the Brazilian yep. left back, and I'm quite happy with the signing. I, I do think Luke needs some competition for sure, and thank God we 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 need someone who can cross the ball. And the the dream is that we'll have Teyes crossing in from the left flank, directly on yep. Giovanni's head, top left corner, easy, in front of the cop. It's an easy game. Yeah, just like just like that. Easy. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a good signing. This is a good bit of business. Um, a little bit on the pricey side, given that he his contract was in its final year and he had about eight months left. So, um, you know, for what we paid, it 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 is a lot with respect to his his contract. But regardless, it's a good bit of business. He's in his prime. Um, he's an experienced uh, defender. Has a lot of experience in the Champions League, playing English sides. And he's known, I guess, as more of an attacking fullback, um, which is kind of uh, we're kind of like lacking that, to be honest. I mean, um, Aaron Juan Basaka, uh, God bless his soul, you know, really, really good defender, probably the best tackler in the league. Um, going forward, he gets the job done, albeit a little awkwardly sometimes, but he gets the job done. And Luke Shaw can venture forward, but like the end product is missing there for him. Um, but overall, I'm happy with the signing because it means that, yes, Luke Shaw has competition and it's not from Brendan Williams. And Brendan Williams, as of late, has been particularly bad um, after signing his contract. Um, I think last season we were both optimistic about, uh, about him. But uh, lately he's been, um, I don't know, he's just, he's just been not that good. And every time he has the ball, I'm thinking, oh, well, he's not going to do much with that. Yeah, I think Teya's signing provides two benefits. Um, one, obviously, this provides necessary competition for Shaw and someone who can actually deliver a quality ball into mm-hmm. the six-yard area. And in, in today's game, I think fullbacks are super important. You'll see the best teams that have excellent fullbacks. You see Liverpool yeah. with Robertson and and Trent Alexander-Arnold, they're, they're just they're marauders. They're, they're, they're bombed down the flank, mm-hmm. right? They're super involved. But, uh, you know, as we said, I think, you know, Wan-Bissaka, the, even though he's probably the best defensive right back in the league, I think there is a lot Liverpool of... Liverpool fans punching the air right now. For his... <laughs> yeah. Defensive. I said defensive. Yeah, but even defensive. then, Liverpool fans <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't appreciate that comment. 
<laughs> uh, that's fine. I'll let them cry. It's this, this isn't a Liverpool podcast, so I think we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, you're a Liverpool supporter. I, mean, I respect. Yeah, respect. respect. You have a really good team. Enjoy, enjoy these moments. <laughs> Take it from people yeah. who've been there and who have now crashed. Yeah. Um, and second, it, this provides... I, I heard that Brandon was originally a right back um, moving up the academy. So this actually is better for Brandon. So he'll be the backup to Aaron and maybe he might play better in his natural position. And, you know, we both talked about this during the European League semifinals. Brandon just looked out of position all the time. He, mm-hmm. he was caught out, stranded many, many times. And it was such a stark contrast to um, how he played earlier during the season it might have the pen the, the the stoppage in play during the lockdown might not have helped who knows but yeah it, from now on the flanks on the left left backs Shaw and Tejas and Aaron and Brandon on the right much needed depth love the signing I'd say I give it an A minus yeah um moment. yeah I mean I would I would I would probably give it a give it a B plus as well um, I think it's just it's just a good bit of business. It strengthens the squad. Am I running to the hills screaming for joy about it? Probably not, but um, it does it does improve our squad. It does give us a little bit of depth, a little bit of depth when we really need it, especially when we're going to be competing in the Champions League, um, and when we and you know when we're still in all these League Cup competitions, uh, we definitely need more depth. Um, and I don't think we got enough of it in this window, to be honest. And I think that's going to hurt us because, like I said, I've been pretty vocal, I mean, to you mostly, about the fact that we have a really, on paper, a really good starting 11. Um, I think that, you know, the players we have on that starting 11 can compete with with anybody um, in the league. Um, and granted, lately, our our back four has been a little suspect, but regardless, I guess I'm focusing more on the midfield and our front three. Um, really good. But as soon as we get injuries in there, um, I think we're in deep trouble this season. Um, as soon as we start getting injuries in the midfield, you know, and with our wingers, you know, maybe Marcus gets gets a knock. Pogba's out for a bit. I think at that point we're in we're in real big trouble, to be honest. I mean, that's why Donny was brought in, right? Yeah, you know, I, yeah. We I can. guess we could talk about Donny. Um, it's been how long has it been since he was signed? I know. It seems like ages ago. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, probably like a a month and a half into the into the window, if if I remember correctly. I can't remember. It was August or September. It's time goes yeah, by so quickly is, these is, days. <laughs> is nothing right now. Um, but yeah, so Donnie Van de Beek or Van de Beek, um, Van de Beek, as the commentators are, are, are calling him, um, I think it is a good bit of business because it adds depth. It, I don't think the intention was for him to just jump into our starting 11. Um, I don't know if you saw that ever rant on uh, Sky Sports um, when, you, when you talked about mm-hmm. Van de Beek and, and he didn't understand the signing. Um, I think it was more of a depth signing. I think that um, we signed him because of his mentality. I think that Oli and the club is really familiar with his personality given – our close relationship with Edwin Bandasar, um, Ajax's sporting director. I think, you know, we talked with Edwin and he, and, and he told us that, you know, this, this, 
this is a really good player and he has a really good mentality. He wants to win. Um, uh, in terms of, of his actual talent, uh, you know, it's nothing that you run home and, you know, and tell, tell your mom about, like, it's not, he's not flashy, but I think he's a really smart player in terms of his positioning. And I think that he's really, really good at link up play, um, kind of in and around the box, which honestly I think is something that we're lacking to be honest. And I'd really love to see him in that number 10 position, um, working in and around the box, doing that little link up play. We saw a tease of it um, in the Carabao cup uh, when he kind of flicked it off to, uh, to, to Juan um, that was you know a little a little sneak peek of what I think we should expect from him yeah and when people say they don't understand the signing of Van de Beek and how like people are asking oh how is he going to fit in the starting 11 mm-hmm. they clearly don't watch United <laughs> football right like I don't expect everyone to watch United's matches every time but if you did you'd know that at the end of the Premier League restart, right? I, be- I I honestly thought the starting eleven, as good as they were, hundred percent, they were running on fumes. We could have we could have used Donny for some substitution um, situations because obviously Jesse or Andreas nope. or Fred they weren't going to cut it, yep. and I think all they knew this. And I take Donny over Andreas, Jesse, or Fred any day. Right. So I think this is a smart, smart signing and we'll see and we'll reap the benefits during the Champions League or FA Cup or any other extra matches. And we'll definitely get it's a given. That's, that's I mean, certain for death, us. death we'll taxes and injuries, you know, as as far as football is concerned. I mean, I just I tell these people who are skeptical about Van de Beek and I'll, I'll we'll, we can talk about yeah. City. They have Gundogan. Right. Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, oh. uh, Rodri. Just an Andino. abundance of talent That's... in the midfield. Exactly. You, you can never have too much talent in a, in a team, and you need to be prepared, especially yep. in a league like yep. the Premier League, and, um, in my opinion. I guess we'll kind of, we, we can kind of touch on the fact that, I guess we can maybe touch on the players that left the club in, in the window. Uh, and you're going to have to help me uh, remember who left here, but uh, I think it was Smalling um, and uh, Diego Dallo. Those were two confirmed exits. Um, was the, And Pereira. Uh, was there anybody else? Um, right, well, right. technically Sanchez, um, Tahith Chong mm-hmm. on loan. At yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm honestly happy about um, kind of offloading some of those wages. Um, we still unfortunately have a couple of contracts on the books that we'd probably rather not have that being, um, Rojo. Um, and I think, uh, I think Phil Jones is still, is still an issue. Um, people, people can, can argue about Lingard, but I think that, uh, Lingard is, is probably a key piece of the dressing room. I think he gets along with all the players and he knows them really, really well, especially Pogba, uh, and Marcus. Um, so yeah, I think I think Je- I think we keep Jesse on just for the banter, uh, for the banter in the dressing room. To be honest, uh, yeah, I'm all for keeping Jesse as long as he doesn't start in the in the important matches. Yeah. I think he's a good depth piece, 
And also, like, it's not like the board is able to sell Jesse for a reasonable price anyway. Yeah. Right? Would probably get fleeced. Like, I have yeah, zero and faith in the board. Nobody would really want his a, wages a at the transfer. moment. So he'd have to agree on some sort of pay cut, or That's we'd true. have to. What is he on? Close to 200K? I think 150, 150 somewhere around there. I'm not sure. I have no idea. So, yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, that, I think that was it for departures. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Do you even know where Marcus Rojo is? I have no idea. Is he in Argentina? Uh, you know, I, I, beats I, me, I, man. <laughs> beats me, honestly. No clue. Um, he's no probably, clue. you know, somewhere in Carrington. Um, I don't know. <laughs> he's maybe just in the uh, in um, the medical room getting a massage or something. I don't know. I don't know. Can someone tell me where Phil Jones is, or what is he up to? I have no idea. Uh, I heard, like, does he train? Or <laughs> I heard he got is a he just on the couch eating local, chips. I have um, no idea. Circus Roadshow, um, where you know he showcases his multiple faces um, when he when he tries to play football. I think I think that's his new gig, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, fair play. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, best of luck to our departures. I yep. mean, we, we had to get rid of some Deadwood. Still a lot more to go think, in terms yeah. of Deadwood, but yeah. um, at least uh, at least some of the deals were sorted out. And frankly, last minute as well with uh, Chris Molling. Uh, but Chris Molling had a long run with us. So, yeah. um, you know, respect to the amount of games he played, the amount of work that he put in for the club. Um, you know, always tried his best. Um, mistakes here and there and debatable haircuts here and there but uh you know he was there when you know towards the tail end of fergie's career so he's 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 been a loyal servant for the club for a long long time you know i am very happy for chris i i think he deserves all the success at roma and i i'm kind of glad that we didn't mess up his transfer because i i think the deal was very close to being yeah. Uh, to being dropped, uh, yeah. but they they managed. All so, the best, Chris. <laughs> all the best in Syria, Chris. All right, so let's move on. So I think we have two more signings to talk about, and they're the two biggest wild cards, probably yeah, of the entire transfer window, in my opinion. So I think we'll talk about Ahmad Diallo Traore. I might have. <laughs> Mess that up. Not sure. Please forgive me. But this 18-year-old winger from Atalanta, and he has only played about 25 minutes professionally yeah. in the Serie A. And supposedly, since he was 15, the club has been scouting him for years. Yeah. Um. Well, I've there been scouting go. him. Uh, you know what, Chris? I'm on the same page as you on that <laughs> one. I have no idea who this guy is i have no idea that he even existed uh up until a couple hours ago um but apparently has a great goal scoring record i mean three games one goal that's pretty good uh it's pretty good conversion so you know there you go Uh, there's there's confusion as to whether um and i guess i guess we kind of talked about this but there's confusion as to whether this is a first team signing or sort of one of those um ones for the future um type of signings um, which usually don't go announced. 
uh, like the way that we we did. Uh, granted, it was only just just a picture, um, but you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so strange. This this window is so strange, and I think um, us just <clears throat> presenting this player. Um, I think fans just ex- you know expect him to play in the first team. So it was confirmed by the BBC that he was signed for an initial amount about 21 to 25 mm-hmm. million euros, I believe. And the, the fee can rise up, up to 40 million, 40 million euros. And I think that's dependent on whether if he wins the Golden Boy or Player of the Year or some, some clause like that. But I believe he, started, he, he will join the club in January. And to be honest, that's not that far away, to be honest. Um, we're already in October, so we'll be seeing pretty soon. And he, I believe the reason why he's starting in January is because the work permit only allows him to play in, in the UK starting in January, I suppose. But my thoughts are that United did not sign him for the future. I, I don't think you spend around 20 to 40 million euros on a player and not expect him to be in the first team. And people will draw comparisons to Martial, but keep in mind, Martial had about 50, 60 matches of experience in Monaco before coming to United. Yeah, so I think I so. Have, I think for Martial, uh, I think the fee was a lot more. Um, um, there was a lot more upfront money for, for, for Martial. Um, and I think in this case, it might just be a case that, you know, obviously this guy, this young player is highly regarded. Um, and that just might, might be the going rate for a kind of young talent. Because um, honestly, Chris, I don't, I don't think that he walks into the team. I don't even think that he walks onto the bench. Um, you know, with three, three professional games under your belt, it's tough to make the first team squad right away regardless of what, of what fee there is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess he was just really well-regarded, and this is the kind of fee that we had to pay for him. I, I guess I'll be watching. Yeah, I mean, fair, fair play to them, right? I mean, they've, been, they've been phenomenal, like, last year um, with the, with the uh, Champions League run and, 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 and their success in Serie A, and now they're producing young talent. Um, clearly, they're doing something right over there. Yeah, I, it's just a huge question mark to me. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did walk into the first team. Like on that depth chart on the right wing, what, is it Greenwood? No, there's James. Matta, James as well. Then Jesse. Yeah, another another young I guy. I forgot about Dan uh, James. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Um, honest, I don't. I don't really see him walking in there. But we'll see. You know, it's it like like you said at the beginning. It's kind of a wild card signing and so is the other one um so you know that's what it is we have no idea what's going to happen and it's more of a it's more of a wait and see yeah and it's i i think it's impossible to give the signing a grade like either we underrate him and we're going to sound like felons in about six months time or two years time or we could be hyping him and up saying no that basically reason. we've we've signed like the next Sancho. Who needs who needs Sancho? You know, like we've already done our business. Um, yeah. 
It's okay. We're planning for the treble. I mean, clearly with the average age of, of our squad, forward. that's the only logical conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. all for young signings and potential signings. I think that's great. It's just, it's completely ignoring I mean, football what, is, what is really the business the of what can you do for me now? And, um, and, you know, and that hits home a lot with managers. I agree. Um, because, you know, they're not really given the time they need to build the squads they want. And, you know, all it takes is a couple of bad games and a really negative atmosphere around the club, which is where we're trending right now. And you're sacked, you know? So um, I'm sure Ollie is kind of starting to sweat a little bit. Um, he's been backed by the board and, you know, he signed a long-term contract. But, you know, a long-term contract means nothing these days. Uh, we saw that with uh, Maurizio Pochettino over at, uh, over at Tottenham. He signed a, a huge contract and, and they got rid of him a couple of years later. So, Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, we'll talk more on Posh a bit later, but let's just move on to our last signing, um, Facundo Palestri. I definitely botched that pronunciation as well, but he is arriving from Uruguay, from Peñarol. I'm not really sure. And for 10 million euros. And this definitely has to be yeah, well, signing. Yeah, well, again... He looks like a boy. He's a, he's a, I mean, he's a yeah, kid. It's the same he's, situation he's as, as the other point. kid, except right. we paid $10 million less for this one. But this guy has more experience playing professional games. So um, I don't know. I, I think both of, both of the signings are, you know, under 23 reserve team signings. And then we see where that goes. But again, you can't really, yeah, like you said, you can't really give a grade for, for this kind of signing because we have no idea who this guy is, right? And we don't know what he has to offer, and they're too young to, to you know, for us to to talk about anything really. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say on him. To be honest, we had so much left to be seen. I wonder if he joins us right after the international break, and yeah, I wonder. Hey, he, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on this, but. You know, uh, we've we've had some academy signings over the summer. I think this um, Gerardo um, player from, I believe, Madrid, or I can't believe it was, I can't remember if it was from Barcelona. And he joined the academy on a pretty low-key basis. I'm not sure if you saw that this summer. But do you think the fact that we are announcing, announcing Palestri's and Traore signings more means that they will be? in the first team, right? Because the other sightings that I mentioned were pretty low-key, and I don't think they were actually announced officially. You know, Chris, I'm leaning towards PR move on deadline day. PR move on deadline day. I think a lot of the frustration from the fans was the lack of activity um, in the transfer window and the lack of conviction that we had in the transfer window with regards to failed Jaden Sancho move, failed Usman Dembele move, failed earlier moves you know i think at one point we were linked with like kingsley coleman um and i think that it's just more of a hey look we are signing players and we're getting the deals done um so i think it was i think it was more towards 
uh, towards that side, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I happy think, we didn't sign Dembele I, on a permanent basis. I think we're that both in, huge in agreement with that. But, um, that would have been a very high-risk uh, transfer. Um, granted, if it was a loan, I would have been probably more happy with that because, uh, you know, we don't – yes, we take on his wages for, for a year, but it's, um, it's not a permanent deal and we take on less risk. But – I think that's um, it's really telling that Barso is really pushing for a permanent deal. I think they know that you know he's not in their future plans, always being injury prone and and whatnot. He kind of had his chance, and they're ready to move on from him. And also, they wanted to sign Memphis Depay, um, but which I'm not sure. I, I don't think that went through. But um, yeah, so um, uh, I don't know. No, it, it again, it would have been interesting. To see if Usman Dembele could have at least given us maybe five games of you know decent decent football, but uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm probably happy that we didn't we didn't pursue that that transfer. I, listen, I think United mm-hmm. were totally correct to walk away from that, right? I even heard rumors about they were trying to push this deal <laughs> without a medical. That's a huge red flag to me. And I think I think I think Dembele's injured right now too. And how I don't I think know he's how fit. He I think he's fit right now. I think anyway. I'm not sure, but I think it's he made just, the bench for the last part of the game. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure though. Don't. Uh, it's this isn't factual yeah. information. I just saw a clip of um, of Dest, the the new uh, the new right back that Barca signed, the 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 American, and um, he was he was just getting ready to play and. Yeah. And I saw Usman yeah, yeah. on the bench there, so I thought maybe he he had made the bench. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, alone would thank have been God. fine, but thank God. We we we, we don't. He doesn't need like Phil Jones does not need another. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, should uh, we buddy. should we touch on the whole Jaden Sancho debacle, or is that just too much of a? Yeah, I, I, oh man, I, I'll be honest with you. When I spoke to you about two months ago, I, I thought for certain we were going to go back with a serious offer and actually purchase Sancho. I, yeah. I, I'm actually a, little, a bit, I'm still shocked. Like it's still settling in that we didn't sign Sancho. It was there for us. It, it was like, no one was like, what I'm worried about is since we didn't sign him this year, I think it's very unlikely we'll sign him again. Yeah. Um, a lot try again next summer. A lot can change after a year. And, I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But it, you're right. It is kind of rare to, you know, be unsuccessful at signing a player in one window and then trying to go for in the next window. Usually the team moves on or the player moves on, um, you know, and there's, and there's another team that has the funds that swoops in. Um, he'll be more affordable next year given that it's another year down his contract. So his market value will, uh, or his market price will be a bit lower. Um, so more teams can probably afford him. But yeah, I mean, honestly, um, the way I see it, we put in we put an initial bid and it was not a lot up front and a lot of add-ons. And Borussia Dortmund dug their heels in and they said, look, it's, it's 120 or it's nothing. And... Um, 
they gave us a deadline and we ignored the deadline. And then we came back after the deadline with a larger upfront fee um, with more add-ons kind of just short of their valuation price. But again, that was rejected because Dortmund said, we want this much money upfront or nothing. And it's that simple. Um, we just couldn't, we just couldn't afford that, I guess. Um, it is, it is an outrageous amount of money to be honest for, uh, a young player like that, yes, he's you know world class and he's he's a fantastic footballer. But I don't know. Um, it's 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 tough to it's it's tough to analyze this one. We definitely would want we would love to have Sancho, but there's also the other side that um, we don't want to submit to the demands of other clubs, especially when they're a little on the outrageous side, you know. Because a lot of te- a lot of teams like to take advantage of us, which we which we like to call the uh, Manchester United tax when it comes to a lot of these transfers. Um, so I think there was a lot of that involved. I think we didn't want to submit to the kind of lofty demands that Dortmund had. I don't know what your thoughts are are on that. I think mm-hmm. first off, we we really dropped the ball on this one. It was the ball was in our court. And I don't believe for a second that deadline that Dorman created, I think it was all talk. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they, the deadline they was all talk. Accepted but the million. final asking price was clearly yeah. uh, a non negotiable for them. But to me, I, I know you say 120 million euros is outrageous. It, it may be, but. We're, we're talking about a player who's going to walk straight into a position that we have have not managed to fill in years. And that position is locked down. I mean, down yes, best case scenario, if, he, if, if, he, if he works out well and, and, and all that, sure. Um, but I think, I think you also have to take into consideration the context of, you know, the, the coronavirus and the impact that it had on all the club's financials. I think that regardless of the size mm-hmm. of the club, um, you know, the finances were, were strained by the lack of revenue generated from ticket sales to a certain extent, probably merchandise sales and to another extent, um, you know, TV contracts, um, which I, I assume most of it did get paid out. But again, I'm not an expert on those kind of contracts. And um, where the gen- where the revenue is generated, but you know, I I think we can conclude that you know the club finances were restrained, and 120 million now, right now, you know, is probably a little too much, and we just we probably can't afford that much. I think it's crazy, right? If we're trying to save money, right? I just think. Overall, the club is just run poorly, right? If if wages or if we don't have enough cash on hand, right? Shouldn't it be the board's responsibility? Absolutely, to shed yeah. Clearly, clearly, there's mis- mismanagement. In the um, right. Clearly, right. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we have lots of players on really bad contracts from our perspective, and we weren't able to uh, get rid of them early on in the window, and we weren't able to you know, sign any other players early on. It's as if we just 
you know, went head first and we just said, okay, we're going to sign Sancho, Sancho and, and, you know, it's going to happen there. Like there was no contingency plan. There was no, I don't know. It was just, it was just really badly managed and it just dragged on forever. And um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, there's, there's blame definitely towards Ed, Ed Woodward being responsible for these transfers and the negotiations. Um, and you know, there's, there's blame on the board as well, because I don't think that their priorities are, are lined up with, with what's happening on the pitch, to be honest. Like my opinion is the board can say all they want that this was like today's signings were the original goal, but you can't convince me that like no one makes four deadline day signings. It, it, it really feels like it's coming from mm-hmm. um, a sentiment of panic, right? And obviously, like, I didn't really care if Sancho did arrive or not. Obviously, I'm bummed. But as long as we had someone to fill in, at least depth in the right wing spot, right? Then then that I would have been pretty content, too. I mean, like, then I would have understood, okay, yeah, I mean, the corona or COVID situation is definitely, it must be impacting the club's finances. And obviously, we don't know what actually goes behind the scenes. Yes, but it just it, it just it's it just is embarrassing. Show. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It, it's it, definitely definitely. It, it is embarrassing. We we look like a bunch of clowns here. Like it, it, it's so much more than if you compare us how Chelsea has conducted their signings. Um, see Liverpool, right? Even Arsenal. I I mean they've done. <laughs> I. I I, we've just become a joke. I don't think anyone will take us seriously in negotiations and future signings because they'll know that we don't have the right person. You know, it's it's funny as well because I think that deals for these players. Um, to a certain extent, I think clubs take advantage of the fact that the fans put so much pressure on the transfers. You know, I think that the clubs know that the more they drag out a transfer or haggle over a fee and leak certain things to the media, the more the fans react to it, the more pressure they put on the board, the more pressure they put on Ed Woodward. And, you know, the worse, and we just, we're, we get put it in a bad position at, at the transfer table um, just because of that. So it's kind of this, um, self-fulfilling circle of just of pain and misery when it comes to transfers. It's it's really unfortunate. Um, like with, um, for example, for Liverpool's business during the transfer window, you you didn't hear anything about it. Really, it was there was a report that someone was was linked with Liverpool, and boom, the signing was done. You know, um, like it was it was very well well managed. And then you look at us, and not not the case at all. Uh, it's definitely definitely hard being a United fan now, and it has been for for a couple like of years. I I think it just speaks volumes when our biggest rival, Liverpool, wins the league by a convincing margin. Yeah. Right. I believe they're 
I'm sure they're about 30 points ahead of us last year, right? That we, our response to their winning mm-hmm. of the league is what we just saw today. It, it's crazy, right? Your, your rivals strengthened that much and all we have to show for is about 60 million euros um, net spend for this transfer and that and doesn't necessarily yep, improve absolutely. right and away. It, and it is frustrating those are huge uh, when you see other clubs like, uh, like for and, example, I mean, Chelsea, they, they, they splurged. I mean, it, it's also um, kind of, it was opportunistic of them because, you know, they had that ban last year. They couldn't bring anybody in. So they kind of had a treasure chest of money kind of waiting to be spent. And then when the coronavirus rolled around and a lot of clubs were, I guess, on, you know, in this kind of financial strain, they didn't necessarily have cash on hand. Um, I think Chelsea probably got some good discounts on a lot of players, you know, um, I guess just touching on a bit of their transfers uh, since there are so many, Um, you know, I really like Kai Havertz. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, just watching some of his highlights at Bayer Leverkusen, um, just really, really kind of uh, nifty, kind of creative player and, you know, has an eye for goal. And Hakim Zayac, like, that's also a great signing, good player, had a lot of success at Ajax. Um, part of that Ajax core that went to the semifinals of the Champions League and the finals of the Europa League, um, you know, another, another really good signing. And, you know, then they brought in Thiago Silva, who, yes, is, is aging, but I guess brings them a little bit of, of calm and certainty in the back. Uh, ben Chilwell, again, like a good, a good depth piece. And I guess he's probably going to fight for the starting position even. So, you know, it is frustrating when you see clubs like Chelsea, like put in all that kind of investment into their team and, and doing really good business. And then you look at us and it's really, really bad business. And um, we're definitely going to be, you know, I'm probably going to lose some hair throughout the season. I think it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a tough season. And I honestly, I doubt we make Champions League again. Yes, yes. Don't forget Timo Werner Werner as well. well. That's a great signing, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, as much as I want to credit Chelsea for their initiative and their direct approach to transfers, I still don't, I'm not convinced by them. You know why? Because they didn't address their center backs. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, well, they they brought in Thiago Silva for that. Um, (laughs) Okay, yeah, he made, he made Uh, a mistake. Thiago Silva got wrecked. um, And it's kind of rare for him to make a mistake like that. So I'm telling you. Yes, I agree. Chelsea's problem is their their defense, and you know proof is proof is in the pudding when they when they concede uh, three goals against West Brom. Um, that's where they're struggling. But like going forward, man, they're really good going forward. So as soon as they figure out um, their back four situation and they get a oh, good, yeah. consistent, solid back four, I think they're going to be off and running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see Chelsea. I mean, we're talking about predictions. I I I think we'd be lucky to finish fifth or sixth, to be honest. 
it, it, it would take a monumentous miracle for us to make top four this year. Like we'd have to see injuries. I agree. To other clubs. I, like, I agree. I think that, um, I think that, Not that you I'm know, the most optimistic we can be is fifth place. Want to see injuries. Um, with just, it's, it is, it is not looking good for us. Uh, I, I'm telling you. I, I, yeah, I'd be shocked if we even make it to the knockout round for the <laughs> Champions League as well. Like, yeah. I, I think we'll be back in the Europa League. When, when we surprise Arsenal and Spurs um, again pretty soon. Those are my thoughts. Hey, hey exactly. So that'll so be it's actually our an opportunity. Path to the Champions League um, again honestly, next I'd year, probably perhaps. rather get knocked down to the Europa League and get a shot yeah. at qualifying for the Champions League through the Europa League. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, that's the I most think, I think that's reasonable stops. That's a stops way play, to actually make the Champions League next year. It's um Yeah. So just to wrap up, I guess, to slowly wrap up, I guess I want to talk about sort of predictions um, about the lineup. Do you think we'll keep the 4-2-3-1? Do you think we'll try a different formation? I've seen a lot of people saying we should go for a 3-5-2 instead. Does Ole stay? Um, I think in terms of formation, I think as long as Ole is is our manager, I think he will not change to a 3-5-2. I think a 3-5-2 is a drastic change in formation. Um, I think Chelsea should should play a three five two to be honest, because um, I feel like three five two is is when you don't when you necessarily like when you're kind of struggling with your back four, and you kind of need more support, um, and you, you utilize wing backs. Um, so I think Chelsea would benefit from that honestly right now. But yeah, I tr- I know, but I mean, it sounds like us though. <laughs> I mean, I. I I've defended know, uh, I mean, Maguire. Honestly, I'm kind of for so um, long. It's just like it's. I guess uh, <laughs> I'm probably bearish on on Maguire now. To be honest, um, I just don't know what the f- he was doing on that Spurs game with that first uh, first goal. It was ridiculous. But anyways, um, I think that as long as Oli's Oli's here, I don't think he's going to change the formation too much. I think it's set in stone the way he likes to play. Um, yeah, I don't think. I don't really think that's going to change. Um, and in terms of predictions, what was it that you asked? Was it was it like where where we would finish in in the table or? I yeah. I don't does, think Ollie will last. Do you think um, Ollie will last? I, again, I think it's when we find a really good available manager. I think we're going to jump on it. Um, you know, it's. Yeah, it's it's tough. I don't honestly don't understand why we didn't go for Poch. To be honest, I think I think that would have been uh, a pretty good fit. Um, I mean, if Ole gets sacked, I, it really is not his fault, in my opinion. Like it won't be. Like he didn't get to fulfill his vision, even though we both agree that we don't necessarily think Ole's the right manager um he's not the best manager out there as well right obviously we both want to see him succeed like we do with Mourinho we we both respect them as people yeah but I don't know just, I uh, think um I'm starting to lose a little confidence right timing, um, right when it comes to what I'm seeing on the pitch um I had a really really optimistic view of the team our first three games after the lockdown I think we played fantastic 
I think we were playing some good counterattacking football, and I think we were dominating a lot of the games, really showcasing mm-hmm. how talented we were. Um, but you know, down the stretch, we struggled. We looked like a, we couldn't really put two two passes together. And now, start of the season, we're struggling, and you know, we're again, we're stuck. Where we can't figure out ways to score. We're extremely uncreative in the final third, and now we're getting exposed at the back. So. Yes, there's some blame on the players. They're making mistakes. But there's also some blame on the manager because he's had, what, like a, over a year now to shape something up. And I don't know. I don't see too much progress, to be honest. I mean, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, Ole is responsible for getting the best of a, out of our eleven. Right, and we clearly did not see that. And to be oh fair, my God, man. Lamella red card. Man, honestly, card, like Lamella, right? you that are was a little a, mm, that, that for was... for that. Okay, I get it that every player would do that, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that, Jose yeah. told him to do. Right, you watch the documentary. So, I mean, I, I listen. I, I it's either I, they both get I, red cards. I agree. I think they should both get yellows both in that situation. It should be the they, same I mean, punishment. Like, what it was, was the same thing. Yeah. It was an extension of their arms towards the, the other player's you know, head. And that should both get yellows. Nothing more than that. I think it's ridiculous that VAR looked at it and the red cards stood. Or even that, because I don't think the referee saw it initially. And I think that someone said in his ear that there was some, that there was, that that happened. And then he just gave him a red. I think that was ridiculous. Um, and if Tottenham players or Tottenham fans like disagree, then honestly, they're crazy because both players should get punished in that situation, not just one. Hundred percent. That was uh, really really frustrating yeah. to see. What's the point of VAR if we're not going to check that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's a lot to maybe look forward to with new signings obviously and a lot to not <laughs> to not look forward to i guess um, yeah definitely given um, our current situation or club that we love so much but we have a very very tough schedule coming up i believe we play chelsea arsenal PSG, and rb leipzig very soon within a month next month or two yeah so yeah that's all we have at this point, to be honest with you. No, I mean, I but think yeah. uh, I think we're almost uh, at the hour mark here. So, any final uh, thoughts? I Max? think we're going to wrap up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good to be it's good to be back on the pod. Good good to be talking football again. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we we expect to do this uh, at least once a week. Um, and um, honestly, I think it's going to be more of a more of a negative kind of vibe because the way things are going, that's what it that's what it looks like. But who knows? Maybe things click and we can turn the corner. Absolutely. Well, join us again next Sunday, I believe. We'll be discussing more of the transfer news and maybe the international break. But hopefully we can... And hopefully no Icelandic girls this break. time. Hopefully no injuries. We're back on it. Uh, the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mason's not even going anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And I'm Max. 
All right, signing out. My name is Chris. Peace.